I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 8 through 21. Last week we looked at Christmas through the eyes of the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. Today we're looking at Christmas through the eyes of shepherds. And then next Sunday we will see Christmas through the eyes of the Magi, a.k.a. the wise men. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start out, uh, because many of us have read this Christmas story, what I'd like to do is just go one verse at a time, and to kind of keep us paying attention, we're not going to read it at first, we're just going to read it together, go through this passage together. Uh, I do want to read, well, before I read verse 8, we are about to read the Word of God. Now, whether you know it or not, this thing, this book, this letter is alive and it's active and it has power. And so what I'd like us to do is for our, for our brain today to be a sponge, to dip our sponge down into the Word of God. And then when we come back up, we can squeeze that sponge maybe and see what comes out. If that doesn't work for you, maybe it's like a casting net. There's a lot of people like to throw a casting net here around this city. And you throw that net out in the water, and then what do you do? You pull that thing in, and you see what you caught. And so maybe today, you'll throw your net down into Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 21. And you'll pull it back up. And let's just see what God will do. Let's see what the Lord will speak to your heart about. Verse 8. If you're with me, say Rudolph. Okay. And in the same region, there were reindeer, no, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Shepherds. Anybody ever seen a shepherd before? Shepherds. It says they were out. They were out. That word means that they, just, they didn't just go out there to uh, hang out. They didn't just go out there to smoke a pack of Marlboros. No, they went out living out of doors, which means they stayed out. They lived outside. Now, maybe they slept under a lean-to tent or a, a, a nice teepee, but they were wild folk, not in the term of they were just crazy but they were out in the wild. They stayed out in the field. And the Bible says that they were watching their flock. They were guarding their flock. A flock is an animal group for geese or goats or sheep. Wolves would be a pack Reindeer would be a herd. Lions would be what? Pride. A hummingbird group would be a charm. Pelicans would be a pod. Rabbits would be a litter. Hyenas would be a cackle. That's where we get the term from laughing like a hyena. Chickens are what? A brood or a peep. 
Now listen to this. Penguins. Penguins are called a waddle or a colony. But if they're on the water, they're called a raft. Now some of you thought you weren't going to learn something today at church. But you learned that if you're paying attention. According to Fox News article this week, in Antarctica this year, 1.5 million penguins were discovered that had never been discovered. They have been hidden for humans for almost 2,800 years. A daily penguins. They say, we've been to the moon, we've gone to all these places. Well, they discovered this year 1.5 million penguins that were hidden in Antarctica on these islands that they could not see from space because of the atmosphere. They could not find them, and they were discovered. Now, isn't that something? Now, that's not really going to matter for your life, but anyways, we better hurry up and keep going. Sheep and goats. So here's the point. We're talking about sheep and goats. And that's what these shepherds, they weren't watching reindeer, they were watching sheep and goats. Now... If you go to China today or India and you meet a shepherd, they are on the lowest caste of society. Did you know that? They are the poorest of the poor. But according to the Bible, still they may have been poor, but it was a worthy profession. Abraham was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was was a shepherd. The prophet Amos was a shepherd. The word shepherd is where we get our term pastor from. In verse 9 says that it was dark. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Why were they afraid? Well, for starter, an angel showed up and started talking to them. That's why. This is not a normal thing if you don't realize it. This is extraordinary. And the angel showed up. And the glory of the Lord, the Bible says it, it shone around them. It was this extremely bright, splendid light. This was a remarkable occasion. They were swallowed up in the glory of God. When was the last time you were swallowed up in the glory of God? You see, anytime you get away from things and stuff and people sometimes, and it's just you and the Lord, and if your heart is clean before this God Almighty, and you're in God's Word, you too can be swallowed up in the glory of God and be in awe. You see, you don't have to go to a conference or a special event. You don't have to have a big production. But you can go spend time with the Lord anytime you want to and be swallowed up in the glory of God. It says that the Lord, the glory of the Lord, it shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. All the people. The angel says, I'm bringing you 
good news. And here's the good news. And it's going to be for everyone. And then the Bible says all people. That word for people is laos. It means all nations or, or all tribes. In other words, everybody, everybody, everywhere, this Savior is given for you. No matter who you are and no matter where you are, this Savior is given for you. This child, the angel told the shepherds, this little baby boy, he's for you. He's a Christmas present for you and you and you. For shepherds, for scoundrels, for scumbags, scumballs, for, for sailors and the salesperson, for the societal city people and for the sanctified country people and for the scientists and the Scientologists and the sociologists and for shoplifters and solicitors, for stockbrokers and supervisors and stonemasons. There is a Savior for you today. No matter who you are or where you are, this child given is for you. And the angel said, He will be Christ the Lord. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city. So here's the good news. In the city of David, that a.k.a. Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The term Christ means He is the Messiah, and He is the Lord. So the good news is that the Messiah has come. It's good news. In verse 12, the angel says, here's your sign. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The Messiah, in the form of a baby, and swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. What a scene. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Can you imagine this scene? You go up there if you're a shepherd and you find this baby. This baby that had been snug in the womb for nine months. And then when a baby's born, it's a scary thing for that baby. You're not in that womb anymore. There's bright light everywhere. There's people talking loud and moving around and things are happening. And so we swaddle babies. Why do we swaddle babies? To keep those limbs from going everywhere and to keep them from cutting their faces with their fingernails. They probably didn't have infant fingernail clippers during this day. And the shepherds, they had seen a baby before, but they had never seen this. They had never seen a baby who would be the Messiah swaddled and lying in a manger. A manger was a feed box, a trough, feeding trough. If you've been around a horse or a cow, it can be a messy thing when they eat. It's kind of gross. Stuff's flying out everywhere. Sometimes it'll go in your eye or in your face, in your mouth. It's disgusting. 
You stand too close, you'll be in trouble. And here's the amazing thing. is the one that created Mercury and Venus and Earth laid in a manger. The one who made the Earth extra special. It's finely tuned for life. You know, if gravity was stronger, we, everything would be crushed. If it was a little bit lighter, everything would float away. The, the, the earth is on its axis at a perfect tilt. If it were to be knocked off one way or the other, life would cease to exist. The one that created the earth extra special for us to live on was laying in the manger. The one who created Jupiter, that was a feat. Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. He knows the truth about Pluto, whether it's a planet or not. The one who created the sun. Did you know that the sun is 333,000 times heavier than the earth? The one who created 200 billion plus stars in our solar system alone. Not in our solar system, in our galaxy. Just one of these other stars, there's one of them called Betelgeuse, the red giant. It is 700 times larger than our sun. 14,000 times brighter. This is the one who laid in the manger. Billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. And every single one of those galaxies, or star, solar systems in the galaxy, Jesus created. Created all by this newborn baby lying in a feeding trough. You see the mystery of Christmas. Verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest. This is why we sing. This is why we give to Lottie Moon. This is why we alter our schedules to worship the King of Kings because He's worthy. Last year, because of our Lottie Moon Christmas offering, 1 million people, 1.6 million people plus heard the gospel. Last year, 87,287 new believers came to faith in Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Over 12,000 new pastors were trained because of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Verse 14 says He's worthy. Glory to God in the highest. God there is Elohim Yahweh. It means most high God. The utmost high God. The one who says it's okay to the water to go this far. The one who's given us the law that says how we should live. That says, live this way, do not live this way. You see, we don't get to let our friends tell us what we get to believe about what's right and wrong. We don't get to turn on the television and decide whatever's popular, whatever's okay on television, it's okay. We don't let to get Facebook and social media tell us what's okay about our lives. No, the Word of God will measure us and it will speak the truth. And this God is holy and powerful. And He's at work. 
He's higher than us. He's the utmost high God, verse 14 says. Elohim Yahweh, most high God. Higher in rank, higher in title, higher in beauty, higher in position, much greater in intelligence. He's the utmost high God. In verse 15, they had to stop what they were doing to seek and to Savior the King. Look at verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. You see, they had to stop their schedule. They had to stop their work. When was the last time you stopped doing your normal routine to seek and to Savior, savor the King of Kings? There's a lot of people that we get so distracted. The movie, It's a Wonderful Life. It takes you 17 days to watch it. But when you do watch it, you see that the main character, the whole point was that his everyday schedule was interrupted. You see, he had to have some other circumstance to shake him off of his normal routine. I wonder how many of us, we need to slow down or we're going to miss Christmas. You see, more important than your work, even more important than your family, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's worthy. These shepherds stopped doing what they were doing. They worked it out. They found their cousin Jethro to watch the sheep. They, uh, who knows what happened to those sheep? Maybe they just were left on their own. Maybe the angels watched them. I don't know. But these shepherds had to stop what they were doing go out of their way to find the king. Jesus had come that far for them. They wanted to go a little ways for him. In verse 16, and they went with haste. Haste. I wanted to say that word again to see if it would make that same noise. They went with haste. Okay, maybe so. The word haste means rapidly, rapido. I mean, they were moving to go find this king. This tells us that the shepherds, they were communists because they were Russians. They were Russian here in this moment. Okay, they, they took off and they found Mary and Joseph. They found the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying they had been told them concerning this child. They told Mary and Joseph, hey, an angel showed up and told us that this was the Messiah. What great affirmation would would that have been for Mary and for Joseph? And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, and when he was circumcised, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Wow. So what now? We've cast the net down into the Bible. Let's pull it up. We've we've found these truths. We've found this perspective about Christmas. We've witnessed Christmas through the eyes of shepherds just in a few minutes. So we're now going to have a time of response. 
And we have to decide, what do we do with this? What do we do with these truths? What do we do with this perspective? What do we do with this son that was given? How do we apply this to our life? And so number one, for starters, I would say, have you received the son? Have you received him, really? Have you truly repented and received Christ to be Lord of your life? The Old Testament said the Redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. You see, you have to repent to come to this king. If you do not repent, if you say, oh God, I'm sorry, and then you really don't have any intent to stop sinning, then that's not true repentance. That's not, and you will not be forgiven. But today we can turn away from evil, agree that sin is sin, and turn to the Lord who is good. In Matthew chapter 4, the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he shared this. He said, one of the first things he said publicly in his ministry when he started was, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. In other words, we have to turn away from our lifestyle of sin. So have you received the Son? Today be a great day to come to Christ. Number two, the greatest gift of all has been given. But today, there are millions upon millions upon millions of people who have never heard about it. And friend, you and I need to be asking ourselves this question. Who are we telling about the son that has been given? How is your life helping other people come to know Christ? You say, well, that's not my responsibility, pastor. That's why we have pastors. Friend, if you, as you read through the New Testament, you come to see that to be a New Testament born-again believer, you have a responsibility. It rests on your shoulders to be a bearer of good news. Have you and I been responsible with this task? What are you going to do about it? People need to hear about Jesus. What are you going to do? Not what so-and-so is going to do. What are you going to do about it? And number three, because the Son has been given, you and I can be encouraged this Christmas season. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter how messed up your family situation is, no matter if you've already burnt the turkey, you can be encouraged this Christmas because the Son has been given for you. The hope of Christmas has risen from the grave, friend, and Jesus is alive. And there's all hope in that gospel. There's hope when it seems like there's no hope. We can have reason to sing. We can have reason to worship this year at Christmas time. Let's pray.